Yo, 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 football fans, and welcome to a different Tears episode on the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in the Tears girl herself, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page, see all my content, UFC, Tears, football, NASCAR, baseball. Also, check out the Big D Podcast for your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So uh, joining us uh, is the, uh, as we like to say, the DK Tears girl, Megan uh, Scoop. Is it Scoop or Shoop? It's Shout, actually. It's, right. it's like Shout with a P. It's Shout. Yes, yeah. And don't forget the M in my last name, otherwise you're saying a curse word. <laughs> Got it. So, um, Tell us about, so you are the DK Tears girl, correct? Well, that's what's in my Twitter bio. That's what I'm trying to be. Um, I just, I love the Tears format. And there is just not enough content, um, you know, out there uh, about the Tears format. Uh, And I know Tears is, you know, obviously the the Tears, um, you know, contests are out there for all the different types of sports as we were just talking about on DraftKings. But I specifically play a a lot of the DraftKings Tears for NFL. And, you know, I really, really um, enjoy the nuances of it. I enjoy that it's um, a different type of game, that you can use different types the strategies and you don't have to do kind of the same thing that you do for classic and showdown. So, you know, trying to put some more content out there for tears. So tell us about tears because we've seen, I mean, we've seen giant contests for classic format where everybody stacks 150 lineups and oh for showdown, but we haven't seen enough about tears. Explain the tears format for like football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Sure. I'll start with football first, because obviously that's the one I know the best. And, you know, basically, and I I think the other tiers um, or the other sports are a lot like this. You've got eight tiers and um, in in NFL, at least. And and each tier, you're basically trying to pick the the player that scores the most points, obviously. But you also want to dodge those floor plays, those guys that are getting obviously zeros or anything that are, are very low because that'll really sink your lineup. So, but you're looking for those high upside, you know, ceiling type plays because um, you're trying to get the guy that scores the most in each tier. And the way DraftKings does it um, for NFL tiers is tier one and tier five are quarterbacks. Tier one is obviously like the upper echelon quarterbacks. Tier five is quarterbacks as well. Tiers two, three, and four are kind of like those stud running back receivers and sometimes like a Kelsey, Mark Andrews, you know, stud tight end. And then tiers, let's see, six, seven, eight, that's where you're getting more into, you know, maybe like a secondary running back, pass catching running back, um, more tight ends, uh, you know, and other receivers, but maybe not those guys that you can really count on week after week, like a, you know, um, Cup or Devontae Adams, you know, those are the guys in the higher tier. So in tiers six, seven, and eight, you've got guys that really have a much wider range of outcomes. Um, So it it really makes it interesting. But again, that's kind of how the tiers is laid out from tiers one through eight. And again, you are just looking for a player in each tier that scores the most points. So it's like, so it's not really more, so you're not really looking for safety. You want those 
Hi guys. So um, let's just say tier one for quarterbacks would probably be Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, maybe Lamar Jackson, something like that, right? Yeah. Yes. And tier and the the other kind of nuances the the first few tiers like tier one, two, three, and even four has less players, whereas tiers five, the second group of quarterbacks, and six through eight have more players. So obviously the ownership is going to get condensed more. And that's why you don't really stress about ownership as much in the earlier tiers, because it's going to get condensed more anyways. There's not going to be many sub like 10% owned guys because there's only like usually four guys to choose from. Whereas in the later tiers, there's more like eight guys to choose from. So ownership can get spread out. So that's another nuance to think about. But yes, to your point, there's about four quarterbacks in tier one, and it's always those those top guys. Um, and yeah, you're you are looking for that, you know, you're looking for the ceiling plays. You're looking, but again, you do have to, you know, watch out and make sure you don't step in a landmine and, and get hit with a floor play. Cause you know, one, even if you kind of hit, let's say uh four or five um of the highest scores, and then you have one or two like um floor plays in, in another tier that can really hurt you i mean to the point where you certainly won't win or finish high in that contest but you may not even cash if you take a couple like really really low scores so i like to think about tiers as you're you're definitely chasing the ceiling but you're also trying to dodge the floor if that means so for instance i'm trying to think what would what would be a high full play? Would a guy like uh, Keenan Allen potentially be a bad tiers play because he's more of a floor guy every week, but he's, but I see him more as a floor guy, not exactly a big weak guy like Mike, like his teammate Mike Williams would be. That's a great point. And that's a great example. And, and honestly, sometimes they may be in the same tier, um, you know, and, and that is a, an interesting point. A guy like, Keenan Allen probably not going to sink you because of his 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 floor but is he going to get the that ceiling play and the question is really this is where the nuances of tiers come in is really like do you think the other guys in that tier have a high a very high percent chance to hit a ceiling way above Keenan Allen because Honestly, like if you have, you know, one or two tiers where you're only a couple points off what the highest scoring was, let's just let's just make up some numbers just for for points of reference here. So say Keenan Allen gets 18 points, but say the highest guy uh, player in that same tier with Keenan Allen only ends up getting 20. Well, you probably are fine with Keenan Allen, actually, if you found, you know, some big ceiling plays other places. So again, yes, of course you want to hit the nuts and hit the, you know, the highest scoring guy in each tier, but I've seen a ton of winning lineups where, you know, that is obviously hard to do to get eight out of eight of hitting the, the highest scoring guy. That's the goal. But, you know, if that doesn't happen, if you are kind of putting yourself in a position where you are just like getting maybe that next guy or right behind or not too many points off, that's okay too. So my answer to that question would be, it really depends on if you think the guys in the same tier as Keenan Allen have a much higher percent chance to hit a much higher ceiling, then yes, I would play somebody else other than Keenan Allen. But if you think Keenan Allen, 
you know, still has a, you know, a ceiling potential, you know, cause that still is in his range of outcomes. Um, and you think, you know, maybe he still is going to finish, feel, you know, finish in that range of points. Like let's say within like two to four points, then, then I don't mind putting Keenan Allen player pool. In. Uh, do matchups matter? Because you think week one this year, we've got Kansas City, Arizona, Green Bay, Minnesota, right? Uh, Las Vegas, Charger, uh, Raiders, Chargers. Those games have got higher score, score totally. games than like uh, Jacksonville, Washington. But uh, right, <laughs> are you more apt, are you more apt to playing guys in? high scoring games because you think, well, let's just say the three tier one quarterbacks of four tier one quarterbacks are Kyler Murray, Patton Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Herbert. Well, they're all four in high scoring games. So right. which one would you be more apt to use in? Um, earlier on my, my strategy, I'm still working on, um, I'm gathering some data and actually this week I will be releasing a data article and hopefully next week a data sh a show about tiers data that'll kind of like the data from last year that is. So from the 2021 season, this is some data I gathered and this is kind of what I gleaned from that data that I can see as different edges. Um, so I will have that for you guys soon um, on the Fanspeak network um, and on fanspeak.com. Um, but to, to answer your question, in the earlier tiers, I don't worry about ownership as much, again, because it gets condensed anyway. So, you know, I'll take the guy that I really do think has the highest ceiling. And again, a lot of those are in the high scoring games. So I'm not going to try to get cute. If you're in a later tier, though, where there are some high total games, that's where I may try to look to get an edge on ownership and pick a guy who may be lower owned because he's in a lower own or lower total game. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because you get away from the chalk because everybody's going to use the guys with the guys with the uh, 53, 54 point game potential. Exactly. And you don't have to do that across the board. Like, again, you don't you don't have to be contrarian across the board, but you don't want to obviously be chalky across the board. So I like to think from the data I've pulled so far, one of the things I've learned is if you can get unique in just like two tiers, they, I think on um, the top one percent of lineups, um, we're able to get sub 15 percent ownership. Um, on players in 1.8 tiers. So basically two tiers. You can get sub 15% ownership in just two tiers. That's enough to kind of differentiate yourself, honestly. So that's why I'd say to your point, I'd you know, probably go with Mahomes or, or Kyler in that tier one in the highest total game. I, mean, I love Justin Herbert. I love you know guy, all the guys you mentioned, but I, I would not be afraid to eat chalk in that first tier. But then lower, like in tier six, seven, eight, that may be where I'd say, oh, well, there's still some guys from these high total games, but this is where I might take some guys from a, a lower total game because they might be lower up. So. How much do you use, for, uh, what projections do you use, not just for ownership, but for scoring? Because we've seen like everybody use projections, whether it be established or on, fantasy, also now so cast there. 
but there are so many different projections it can confuse the you know what on you so what projections do you use yeah absolutely there's a lot of good ones out there honestly i've um <laughs> i've used a lot of the ones you've mentioned in the past but um i've used i use run the sims um they are a new tool site that started last year um they have you know they base everything on running simulations for games like 10,000 times. And um, and I know the guy, Justin Freeman, is an excellent showdown player and, um, well, DFS player. And in, he's kind of the, the brains behind that. And um, Run the Sims is in its second year. And yeah, I, I use their projections. And the, also the thing I like about Run the Sims is you can change the projections. They're customizable. So if there's a game that you don't agree with what he projected, you can change the projections to, you know, based on what you think is going to happen. So I like that. So if like Colin Murray's projected for 15 fantasy points, but you think, well, wait a minute, it's a high scoring game. Right. I bump that up a few. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You can bump up even all the things that will translate to the fantasy points. Like, well, I think he's going to, throw more times I think he's going to have a higher completion percentage um you know and then I might I think he might run a little more then that'll bump up his fantasy points and 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 the projection yes absolutely uh do you how many lineups do you usually make because how many lineups do you usually make tier lineups do you make yeah, I make about 20. I'm not a mass multi-enter um, person. Uh, never have been. Obviously, first of all, there's no, you'd have to hand build 150 tiers lineups because there aren't, um, like there are so many optimizers and simulators for classic and showdown to, you know, kind of put in your projections, put in your inputs and spit out 150 lineups. Um, there isn't that, you know, really for tiers, number one, number two. I, I just always have been a hand builder. Um, I've been playing for nine years now. I enjoy that. I enjoy having all the control with that. Um, so we actually have a tier simulator on fanspeak.com where it's like I plug in my projection or my favorite plays. Um, and, and then it kind of just gives you suggestions, but that's more of like a, you know, you can use these as suggestions and make tweaks from here. Oh, I like what the spit out for tiers you know, one through six, but I'm not sure about tier seven and eight. So I'm going to change it to, you know, these two players or something like that. So it's more to just get you kind of get you started on the tiers format and, and play around with, with the tier simulator to then, you know, make your own tweaks, you know, or maybe you will find some lineups you like in there, but, um, but I'm a hand builder. So I, I do about 20 to 25. So uh, tell us about one of your biggest tier wins because we've because I'm intrigued on the strategy your strategy used for this lineup. Sure. So I mean, there's I haven't you know taken down a tournament tiers tournament yet, so that's the goal this year. Um, I will say this this year my biggest heartbreak uh, was um, I did you know rather well in the. The Flea Flicker is their big tournament, you know, the tournament with the highest money up top. I think their top prize is usually around 20000 to first. Um, and um, I had a lineup where I pretty much had a lot of the high scoring guys. And um, my lineup matched identically to the third place lineup. So I wouldn't have won it, but um, I, it matched identically to the third place lineup, but a 1v1. I believe I played um, in tier four, I played 
Cordell Patterson and at four, like three or 4% owned Terry McLaurin outscored him by, Oh, 20 points. And, um, Terry McLaurin is my favorite player in the NFL because I'm a Washington <laughs> fan. So that was like double heartbreak because it, it's like, that's a one V one. It was a one V one to be, because, and there's, there's an ownership, you know, example, like, again, a lot of the ownership edges you, you find more common later in, in tiers again, because I explained there's more guys. Nobody wanted to play Terry McLaurin in tier four. And I think that was the week they played the Falcons and he scored two touchdowns and, had 30 point fancy points or something in that range. And he just outscored, you know, that tier by a lot. And he was so lone. So, you know, you, you needed him and, you know, he's the guy that I play probably too much considering the offense he's in. And, um, and oh boy, that was a, that was a heartbreak, but no, I've had some, you know, top 10, top 15 finishes, you know, that have been on sweats where I'm thinking, oh, I've got a chance, I got a chance, I got a chance, and then it hasn't quite got there. So I've definitely had some top 10, top 15 finishes, um, and then that that big old 1v1 heartbreak. <laughs> but um, I'm still searching to take down the Tears tournament, and that's the goal this season. Well, hey, Terry McLaurin feels like he'd be a great best ball or teams player because, yeah, he might score three or three touchdowns. Right, right. Hey, you know, people want to – kind of give Carson Wentz a hard time, rag on Carson Wentz. I get it. It's been a rough couple of years for him, or let's say a roller coaster for Carson Wentz. But listen, as a Washington fan, let me assure you, because I watch all the games, Carson Wentz is the best quarterback that Terry McLaurin has ever played. Since we have drafted Terry McLaurin, he has been through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback who, you know, the arm strength, the accuracy, whatever that is, they're not getting him the ball like they should. And I guarantee you, this is the best quarterback that, that Terry has ever played with. So I'm interested to see what that will do. Whatever your feelings on once are, I guarantee it, it, this is a, this is an upgrade for, for McLaurin. So, I mean, if you look at the week one slate in general, obviously, obviously the slate, the, I mean, a lot of the showdown and DFS and tears, contents on out yet but uh what stacks but everybody's mentioned like stacks whether it be for best ball classic showdown but do you pretend you potentially stack two players potentially Mahomes and Travis Kelsey or uh Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown together um, yes, that's a great question. Um, and that'll be in the tiers data that I have um, an article this week and, a, and hopefully a show next week. What I found in the top 1% of lineups so far is that stacks that, that you get an edge by stacking at least one of your quarterbacks, but you don't have to force two. Then right after that, maybe stacking your second quarterback because again you're always going to have two quarterbacks in tiers one in the first tier one in the fifth tier so um if you, it is i think very um you know plus ev and smart to stack at least one of your quarterbacks don't force the second stack but if it naturally happens and and you see like the ceiling play combo there for the second stack then then that is right behind there on top one percent lineups um, but doing, um, trying to overstack and, um, 
you know, stack like multiple players with each guy, that's that <laughs> is where you start to lose a little leverage or not stacking at all. Um, so again, I think it's right to stack, but I think you also have to ask who's in that tier with the players, yes. number one. And number two, what type of quarterback is it? Is it a condensed, you know, um, receiving core? Like, or is it an offense that's really spread out? You know, if it's like the Vikings where it's her cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you know, then then you could definitely stack Kirk with Jefferson, Jefferson or Thielen, or maybe even if you want to get a little wild, you know, you could stack them with both. But if it's an offense that's way more spread out, like the Bills, you you don't have to feel like you have to force a stack with Josh Allen. A, he gets a lot, you know, obviously he can get a lot on the ground. And B, sometimes, you know, his touchdowns or his, you know, the way he disperses it to his receivers are very spread out. Now, obviously there are times like the the Chiefs playoffs game where you obviously had, you know, if you were doing tiers in the playoffs, you had to stack him with Gabe Davis that day, you know. So, you know, obviously it's it's situationally dependent, but I'm just saying there are some more condensed offenses that you definitely want to stack. There are some offenses that are more spread out that you don't feel like you have to force a stack. Does that make sense? Yeah, especially with these running quarterbacks, because a guy like Jalen Hurts could could annoy you because right. if you use if you try and stack Jalen Hurts with like AJ Brown or Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. They might go, yeah, Jalen Hurts might put up 20, but Devontae mm-hmm. Smith might put up three for 20. Right. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. It was and then and then Lamar and then Lamar gets like 120 yards on the ground and Bateman and Mark Andrews are wondering where's the ball at? Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Right. Right. I believe Mark Andrews actually, when he was going nuts last season, it was actually when 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 Lamar Jackson was out was when it, his highest games, you know. So you do have to be careful about that. Sometimes with the rushing quarterbacks, that you know, you those are the ones too where you don't need to add force a stack because they may get their you know more like a combination of the ground in the air where a guy like Kirk Cousins he's not getting it on the ground. <laughs> so you know if he's getting there if he. That means if he does, if Kirk Cousins, let's say he'd be in like a, a tier five, if he gets there and he is the quarterback that you want in tier five, you're going to want Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen most likely. But again, you also have to look who's in that tier, right? So like Justin Jefferson's probably going to be in tier two, like the highest tier two or maybe tier three. So like he's going to be with other studs. So if he's, you know, just because you like Kirk Cousins, and you like Justin Jefferson, you just always have to consider like, okay, but who else is in that tier? Like, do I see the, you know, what, how would I rank the ceiling potential for these guys? And, and so that's what I mean about not forcing stack. And again, data show that it is good to stack at least one of your quarterbacks for sure. Um, but just, you know, it's not like every lineup, both quarterbacks have to be stacked, I guess would be the, the easiest way to sum that. So double, so stacking, yes but not double stacking potentially. Correct. Exactly. You got it. So what do you think? So getting away from the tier segment for just a minute, because I figured it'd be funny because you're actually a Washington Commanders fan. I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. And guess who plays each other week one? 
Week one. That's right. That's right. I mean, I obviously think I I am a hopeful, um, hopefully delusionally optimistic Washington fan every year. So, you know, I'm at my most optimistic point. Um, can only go down from here for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like our chances, but um, you know, I do think the Jaguars are gonna be improved this year. Another year, Lawrence has another year, he's getting ETN back. Um, got Christian Kirk. You know, there's a lot to like there. And plus, we actually have a head coach instead of the third last year. That's a that's a big one too. That's a big one too. Yeah, a guy, you should. Yeah, a guy that uh, Washington fans will be used to seeing on on the visiting sideline. Yeah, Doug Peterson there. So. That's right. So I'm thinking we should have. I'm thinking we should have a week one head to head tears contest. What do you think about that? That's fine. Let's set it up. I say let's go for it. Ooh, that sounds that sounds interesting. I can't wait for that. Okay. I know. I can't wait. You know, usually I know I was itching last year for them to really, you know, they DraftKings slowly releases more and more tournaments and then showdowns and then tier. And tiers is usually the last one they release. And so you gotta stay patient. But uh, they will. They'll release it. But it probably won't be until like right around like early September, which which is a bummer because I would love to just start pouring over it now. <laughs> yeah. And just figure out which guys I want. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But no, a week one head to head tier sounds great. All right. So thanks for hopping on tears. Go. We wish you well. Hopefully <laughs> you hopefully your tears will be tears of joy. After winning a big <laughs> GPP. I like I like the good pun. <laughs>